Welcome back to my main man, Matt, as we look at the text uh, today from Matthew 18, 15 through 20, as we begin uh, in September, um, the next part of Matthew's gospel. It reads, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two or of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This text before us today has a lot of implications for being the church together. It's the ways that acknowledge um, that as community, we are not perfect in our relationships with one another and that there will be times when we sin against one another. There'll be times when we have bitterness and, and anger and other kinds of emotions that get in the way of our relationships to one another and yet it is important that we figure out as community how we become the body of Christ and heal the places um, in our lives that lack um, continuity of relationship. So one of the things that I think about that I'm mindful of initially before I even encounter this text is this idea of window and mirror. It's a way in which at seminary, they taught us about looking at biblical text that really has helped shape my reading of the text. And let me explain that idea first. So a window is something you look through to see outside um, at something else. So in this case, it's the idea of reading the text toward the historical time in which the text is writing is being written about. So you're looking at the early first century of Jesus and the disciples and this movement, and you're, you're looking at the way in which that those, those storylines and that narrative was being developed in a very forward, one-way thinking but more often than not, a lot of what we are reading in the scripture is in the terms of a mirror approach. And that is a reflection back toward the time in which the text is being written down, right? There's an oral tradition that has preceded the written tradition. And in this case, Matthew's community, which is near the end of the first century, they believe when this gospel was written, they are a early church, a second and third generation church uh, from this Jesus movement, right in the middle of trying to figure out the Judaism 
and Christianity and these two um, have coexisted together, but now they're in a time of, of separation, right? They're in a time uh, of not being able to coexist together. And uh, in this Mithian community, um, they believe probably, which is in the modern day Syria, uh, north of the north of the Holy Lands, uh, where this movement of Jesus and the disciples took place, even north of where Jesus' uh, home area of Nazareth is, um, that this has been a, a, a first and, and strong uh, uh, place where Christianity birthed. And in fact, um, we're told that's, uh, that area is where followers of Jesus were first called uh, Christians, followers of the way. Um, this is where the Matthean community is. And so they're in this mirror idea of what does it mean to reflect back on the community of what's going on. So when I'm reading this text, I'm reading the text with an eye to what's going on in that community, that church community in Matthew, where these words from Jesus become really important, right? So take that perspective and then hear that text again and see what I mean when I say, if one member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And if the member refuses to listen, tell it the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, then at that point, it's okay to treat that person differently. So... I want us to pay attention to the fact that everybody in that body of Christ, in that Mithian church in Syria, is concerned about not letting even one person fall away. It's, it's a formula, right, to, to make sure that, that all people are welcomed back, included back in, that we're not going to let division and we're not going to let, you know, uh, enmity or hatred or whatever the, the emotion is that's separating people from one from another, we're not going to let that be the determining factor. In fact, we're going to go out of our way by making a very public process uh, happen where that person is first encountered as one-on-one -on -one and then with a couple people and and then even the church, the whole church, you know, getting involved, that there's three opportunities for reconciliation to happen. And it, I think that's significant because it tells us something about the importance of being the church today. We sometimes take too lightly our duty and responsibility uh, when it comes to creating unity in this church. We let go too easily when in fact we're being called to reconcile one to another. We're being called to reach out and make a concerted effort for the sake of the whole, to rise above our own individual concerns and really bring people who maybe are outside our body of Christ back into the fold. To me, I'm really excited about this text in that it, it tells me that we have a, a mandate to do due diligence with the way in which we are the church together. And it, it even is followed up, you know, with the verse, 
whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, right? There's this, there's this sense of um, commitment to this church on earth that it matters being the church on earth. It's not just about someday being the church in heaven. It matters about how we are the church right now that we care enough that things that are happening here will have import later. So how we live out our ability to be the church together matters. And then it kind of uh, takes a turn in a different direction as we kind of come to the end of this text uh, where Jesus says, again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. It went, it's kind of that movement back to unity again, right? Where we know that if we work together um, on something, we're going to be able to be in concert with our Father in heaven. Um, it, it's uh, this idea that we have an agreement together about who we are going to be as the church on earth. And when we do that and we live in that sense of agreement together about being this body of Christ it has the endorsement of our Heavenly Father. Um, and it tells us that there is power in being the church together because the last words of this text tell us that for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. That's a very popular verse. People know that verse probably more than a lot of other ones. But it says something powerful about being church. It's a reminder to us that we can be believers in God as individuals. But to be the church, we must be a community. We must be together. And then in, in that is the promise that, that our Heavenly Father, through the Holy Spirit, joins us in being the body of Christ. We have this amazing way of knowing that when we gather together, we gather with God and God's self. I am grateful for this message today as we think about all the ways that we've seen division in our world and our call to unity and our call to be the gathered community uh, of God and the importance of being in that community so that we can be about something together, about the ideas of justice and mercy and love and care for the neighbor that this is an important call in our life. And I pray for this church and I invite you to pray with me for this church today. Gracious God, we are grateful for this body of Christ we name as the church that has gone through generations of people trying their best to live out your mandates of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. Help us today to discern that question, to wonder together about being your church today. Help us draw together those who are separated. Help us bring back those where there is enmity and dissension. Help us reach out in love and care for our neighbor so that we live up to this value of being a united church, a church gathered together for the purpose of being your people. Bless this church, we pray, O oh God, and give us strength to be the church for today and for tomorrow. Amen.